0: BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.
1: This is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. Hello, and welcome to Ascent Dental Radio, a program dedicated to the balance
2: between the clinical aspect of healthcare and the business of healthcare. And now,
1: here's your host, Dr. Kevin Coughlin.
3: Welcome. This is Dr. Kevin Coughlin. You're listening to Ascent Dental Solutions with a focus on development, training, education, and knowledge. Before we begin with our special guest, uh, Dr. Howard Farron, I'd just like to give special thanks to Mr. Doug Foresta and his company, Stand Out and Be Heard. Without his expertise, uh, we would not be able to provide these podcasts. We hope you enjoy today's podcast. I can't tell you how excited I am uh, that uh, Howard has taken the time from his incredibly busy schedule. If you don't know who Dr. Farron is, he not only is a dentist, he's not only an MBA, but he's also an international lecturer, and he's fast, easy and understands what's important to our profession, not only clinically, but business wise. I'm a firm believer that the best clinicians in the world, if they don't have an association and a knowledge of business, they're in an uphill battle. And if you're a great business person and you don't attain uh, basic clinical skills, then you're also in an uphill battle. So without any further ado, I'd like to introduce Dr. Howard Farron for today's podcast. Howard, thanks so much for joining me today, and thanks so much for everything you've done uh, for the field of dentistry and all the aspects of dentistry. Uh, Thank you so much.
2: Oh, it is a huge honor to be on your show. I'm a big fan of your 80 podcast, and thanks for uploading on the uh, the Dentaltown website and the Dentaltown app. These uh, kids have an hour commute to work every day, and they just love listening to dental podcasts like yours and mine.
3: Well, thank thanks so much. I thought what would be valuable to our listeners are basically three segments of the dental profession, and I'd like to start off with that first segment, and that's that... Uh, that new graduate, they're in their senior year, they're really focused on just basically getting the hell out of school, getting things started, but they really don't have a roadmap. With your expertise, your background, and all the information that you have coming into Dental Town, what would you say would be the three to five bullet points that you'd recommend for these young graduates just getting started in their career?
2: Well, you know, I had an extremely lucky childhood. My my dad was dirt poor, and uh, when I was 10 years old, he saved up his money and bought a Sonic drive-in franchise. And what was so, I mean, he went from making like $11,000 a year to $60,000 his first year. Then he opened up another Sonic every year for nine years. We went from dirt poor, and I didn't even know what an air conditioner was. I didn't. I didn't even know that people had air conditioners in their house. Uh, to living in the wealthiest area of Wichita, Kansas, Hidden Lakes Estates. And in that church that um, we were in was also the founders of Pizza Hut, uh, Dan and Beverly Klein, um, who who ended up um, with 2,800 Pizza Huts that they sold to PepsiCo, uh, the Shaw family that started Godfather's. And so when I was a little kid and went, you know, fishing, I I was sitting next to my dad. I was sitting next to who had nine restaurants. Roger Carpenter had a hundred. Jim Williams had a thousand. Roger Carpenter had twenty eight hundred. And there was a lot of takeaways from growing up with these guys. Number one, you would never know any of them had a dime. I mean, my God, they lived below their means. When Sam Walton died, You know, everybody always says that Bill Gates was the richest man in the world because they don't know addition. When everybody said Bill Gates was the richest man in the world during my entire life, you look at the Walton family and uh, Sam and his wife, Helen, and his four kids were like number 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. If you added them up, they were worth the 40% of the poorest Americans than that one family. And his desk was a door on two uh, sawhorses, and he drove a pickup truck. Dan Carney, my God, you would have thought, you damn near would have thought he was homeless if you ever ran into the guy. He had these old corduroy pants. I think he only had about five different pants and shirts. They all lived below their means. And then the second thing that the takeaway was is <clears throat> every one of those legends in, in the restaurant franchise business, by, by the time they had five employees, one of them was a full-time bookkeeper. I mean, all they did was master their costs. These dentists will go in a room and they'll do uh, two MOD composites. And I'll say, how much, how much did you charge for that? And they go, well, I get like 250 for an MOD composite. And I'll look at it and I'll say, 250 dude, 90% of your practice is PPOs. And this plan, you got 125 How were you off a Benjamin on each one of these damn fillings? I mean, and what did that room cost you? No idea. And I mean, my dad, I remember when I was 10 years old, I was working at Sonic and I was making a number one cheeseburger and I was dressing and I put on four pickles. My dad picked up that hamburger and threw it at the wall as hard as he could. And he said, Howie, if you're going to put four pickles on a hamburger, you might as well give it away for free. And I'm like, whoa. How many pickles are supposed to be on a hamburger? He says, three. I mean, these guys all knew their cost. And and by the time they had five employees, one of them was a bookkeeper. And I mean, it it was amazing. I I hired a bookkeeper uh, when I started out. She's now the president of my company, uh, and it makes 200 grand a year. I mean, it, it's all about cost. These dentists, they, they don't know their costs. And when you go in there and, and you know, the, their practice management information systems like uh, Dentrix and Eaglesoft, they don't even have an accounting software. So all your data, I mean, you only manage people time and money. So all their costs are incurred in time. But the bill in units, the, the PPO price doesn't even matter. The only thing that matters is what does that room cost for an hour and how much production do you do in that hour. Southwest Airlines takes 100% of all their cost and reduces it to one airline seat flying through the sky for a mile. Now, if that chair takes off where you're at in Boston and flies to my house in Phoenix and no one's sitting in it, well, it still has cost. I mean, that, that plane's not being flown by the tooth fairy. It's not being pulled by magic fairy dust. It has cost. These dentists don't even know what an operatory costs because Dentrix and EagleSoft are the worst things. Th- th- those are the two worst things that ever happened to dentistry. They're the World War One and World War II of dentistry. The receptionist up there, She books an hour for two fillings. She doesn't even know what it is. Then she books some lady to come in for a cleaning for an hour. She's getting 55 bucks for the cleaning and the hygienist is getting $40. And these dentists don't even know they're in quicksand. You have to hire a bookkeeper at every position you have. I'll go into a dental office and the supplies. uh, Last month, they were 5%. The next month, they're 8%. The next month, they're 7%. The next month, they're 9%. It's like, how do your supply costs vary a hundred percent from month to month. But if I hire a bookkeeper, she's not in healthcare. So she's not used to inflated wages. Everybody in healthcare and government in unions are used to these um, overkill wages that aren't market reality. So you hire outside of healthcare, outside of government, outside of unions, you bring in a bookkeeper, I can teach her how to be a dental assistant in a month. But then my supplies, if I say my supplies are four and a half percent a month, then she's totally organized, puts up all these bookkeeping, accounting, systems um, same thing up front I mean my gosh you'll you'll hire a girl that worked across the street in a dental office for 10 years on Dentrix and I'll, I'll ask her during the interview how many reports does Dentrix have I mean does it have 5 10 20 30 she has no idea I'm like I'm like how did you sit on a software system for 10 years and never even go up and click this icon. Because, but mainly because what Dentrix and Eaglesoft have done is instead of hooking it up to uh, Quicken or Payroll or Peachtree or Microsoft Great Plains Accounting, they sit there and you, you send in all these wishless features. So they've added so much bullshit that 85% of all the pro functions are not even used in any dental office. Anybody go into anybody's dental office, go to the report generator and mm-hmm. go to the utilization. None of, none of it's utilized. But when you go into Marriott, it's stripped down they only do like seven things to check you in but they always do every one and you can't go from four to five or five to six without doing it in order when you go return your rental car to Hertz rent a car they only do like five things to check you in it's uh, you know the that's why we switched to open dental I have no I have no connection with open dental they don't advertise in dental town in fact they don't advertise anywhere because they're the best damn software ever because they're open so you can have your own programmer. open program right into it and make your own self a dashboard or whatever. But it's it's the most open software for your data. And if you get a bookkeeper in there, and so, you know, you, you have to, what we have to do is we have to dump everything out of Open Dental into Excel spreadsheets and then dump everything out of Peachtree Accounting into Excel and make all these damn reports because the the receptionist, you you call up and you're, you know, if, if I sell bottled water, I make this bottled water for 90 cents and I sell it to 7-Eleven or Circle K for a dollar. I know it costs me 90 cents. I know I make a dime on everyone and then they sell it for a buck 15 in dentistry, the average dentist is signed up for about twelve to fifteen different PPO plans. He has no idea what he's charging for any procedure. He has no idea what his room costs, and and, and then the, then the receptionist is scheduling your your only costs and time. I mean, um, you know, um, the Fortune five hundred, the S p five hundred, average payroll is fifty three percent. That's what it is in dentistry. The dentist is making thirty five percent on sixty five percent overhead. The staff's making about twenty five percent rent. You know, lab bill ten, supplies six, rent, mortgage, uh, utilities five, six, and uh, so so. But that's all spread out over time. And the receptionist is just sitting there saying, "Well, doctor, how much time do you like for an MOD composite?" I don't care how much time you like for an MOD composite. What does that room cost? And what are you getting if that if that room cost two hundred dollars an hour? And you put in $145 MOD, you just took a $50 bill grant and shredded it in a shredder. And you know, dentists also do weird things like, you know, they only do quadrant dentistry or they'll say, well, let's do the fillings on your right side and have you come back in two weeks to do your left side. And then right next door to him is an oral surgeon that numbs up all four quadrants all day, eight times a day, five days a week for 40 years. I'm numbing up the whole mouth. I just tell them, they'll say, well, I only want to do the right side today. Well, due to your insurance plan, you know, it's a heavily discounted plan. Um, I, the only way this works is if, I, is if I do all of them at the same time. I, I can only afford to do all these fillings if we do it all at once. I can't on this discounted uh, PPO plan. I, I can't schedule you an hour or four different times to do four different fillings. The way your plan works, I have to do them all at the same time, or I, I can't even do them. And they're just like, oh, oh, oh okay. And then they do it. And and so when you when you staff your assistants and your receptionists with bookkeepers, they get numbers, they get costs. I mean, if you uh, some dentists make twenty five thousand a month on forty percent overhead, they only got to do forty-one thousand dollars a month to make twenty-five thousand. At fifty percent overhead, obviously you gotta do fifty thousand, but at sixty-five percent overhead, which is the national average, you gotta do seventy-one thousand five hundred dollars with dentistry to make twenty-five a month, and twenty percent of dentists have eighty percent overhead, they gotta do a hundred. Hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars of dentistry to make twenty-five thousand, and the other thing they do wrong is that they're doing everything right in their mind. Like they get out of school, they go to their church, they ask their pastor, or their rabbi, "Hey, I need a CPA. Do you do you recommend anyone?" And they're like, "Sure, there's a CPA in our church, and our mosque, and our ward, and he's just a great guy. Go talk to Rick." Well, Rick doesn't know anything about dentistry. I'm sure he's a great guy. But now we got the Academy of Dental CPAs at avcpa.org. They got 6,000 dentists on one database. Uh, They got the Institute of Dental CPAs at indcpa.org. They got another 2,000. But every dental office, every dentist I know that has switched uh, to someone like uh, Kane Waters and associates, someone who only does dentists. Then they're sitting there because you know dentists know it all shit. They 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 just know it all. They they're not a doctor of dental surgery. They're a doctor of freaking everything. They don't listen to anyone, but so they're not going to listen to their CPA. But but dentists listen to other dentists because they hang out. They hung out with these dentists in dental school. They know everybody that got into dental school got A's in calculus and physics and geometry. They 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 know how many. Krebs cycle, um, how many ATP come out of glucose on the Krebs cycle that they know they know their homies are smart. So when that American Academy of Dental CPAs or the Institute of Dental CPAs sits down, says, uh, well, um, Dr. Kevin Coughlin, um, you know, we have 6,000 dentists and their supplies range from four to 8% and, and the mean is 5.25 uh, and yours are 7%. Can we talk about that? You know, the the dentists love numbers. It's kind of like when you're in dental school and you got done taking a test and they went and posted the computer printout of uh, everybody's score and what the curve was. And um, dentists are used to that herd mentality with their other doctor homies. So when they start seeing this data bank and they start realizing um, what's going on. The other thing is with uh, PPOs. So let's just say you're in Wisconsin. Well, that's a very different PPO market than New Jersey, which is extremely different than Kansas. And so when you got a dental CPA, who's doing, you know, 150 dentists in Kansas, and he can sit there and say, you know, I don't know what's correlation, what's cause effect, but I do know Everybody who's on this PPO here, whether it's Connecticut General or Blue Cross and whatever it is, uh, they seem to have you know everyone that's on this PPO uh, is running like 68 percent overhead. But we've had several doctors, we've had five that dropped these two plans, and what we saw is that their gross production went from a million dollars a year down to 900,000 a year, but their net went from 175 to two and a quarter which shows you how much dentistry they were doing at a loss because now they do less dentistry and they net more money. And then the other thing is, you know, your hygienist comes in and your your staff, the whole promotion system is based on astrology. They come in your office once a year and say, doctor, the earth has gone around the sun and past Uranus and it's time to give me a dollar raise. And you're like, a dollar raise? My God, I just talked to my dental CPA and I'm paying you $40 an hour to do $55 a cleaning. And we reduce all of our costs per operatory. Of course, we took out Crown & Bridge and applied that to the dentist. But your operatory is costing $90 an hour and you're doing $80. I lose $10 every single time you do a cleaning. And you know, you take an hour, is there any way you could schedule 50 minutes so I could break even? Or if you go to 45 minutes, I'll give you a raise, you know, but once you get the team on the same page and you build trust and integrity if you have no trust if you have no integrity if you like and steal, you can't lead a team you're not gonna get repeat business you you're not gonna you lose everything in life and then when everybody starts getting on the same page with the numbers um, everybody starts making better decisions the front office makes better decisions on how much time to schedule um, a lot of dentists are realizing that um, composites I mean, oil is trading this morning at $71 a barrel, and Clearfill SE is trading at a $1,250,000 a barrel. These... These dentists say these crazy wacko things like composites last longer than amalgams. I mean, I mean, when, when a dentist says that, you almost got to think his mom dropped him when he was a little kid. I mean, I mean, the average composite is lasting six and a half years. Uh, it's inert plastic. The recurrent decay under these composites is just mush. You take it out with a number four, number six, number eight round burr. These amalgams are half mercury. Uh, you'll never find mercury in a multivitamin. Uh, the other half is silver, zinc, copper, and tin. Every one of them is antibacterial. 10, stannous fluoride, that's 10, silver, I mean, silver diamine fluoride to treating a, a pediatric dentistry, everything in an amalgam is toxic. And when you put in amalgam, those things last 38 years. But the thing is, amalgam doesn't cost anything and they're fast. So when you sit there and and start realizing that this room costs you $200 an hour and you're getting paid $100 for an MOD composite and you can barely do two of them in an hour, it makes you start thinking, well, maybe instead of putting in a six and a half year old inert plastic composite without an active ingredient, maybe I should just go back to amalgam. And a lot of these dentists are going back to amalgam because their patients uh, prioritize PPOs and price over aesthetics. And so, you know, you, you can't, I can't make a, a bottled water for 90 cents and sell it to you for 45 cents. I mean, these these are what dentists are doing. They're doing it all day, every day. And um, gosh, at this point, I don't even know what question you asked. What, what, well, what I'm going to
3: tell you this, Howard. First of all... The information is terrific. And if I was to paraphrase and summarize, I think what you're trying to tell these new graduates is number one, live below your means. I know you want a new Porsche. I know you want a Mercedes. I know you want a Tesla. Hold on to it and save some money and spend below your means. Even though you think you deserve it in the real world, my data says you're going to be close to $300,000 in debt. And at a 6% interest over seven years, it's going to cost you almost 4000 bucks a month to get out of debt. So uh, the first seventy-eight dollars to $80,000 is going to go just, to, just to, to deal with school debt. So I believe what you're trying to say is live below your means. Save some money. Number two, know what the hell your costs are when you sit there and look at your schedule, say, how much time am I planned for? And what is, what am I going to generate for revenue? And all that's great. But if you don't know what your overhead costs are for your business and your personal life, you're just swimming in a circle going nowhere. And then last, if I was to, to say what I learned is remember, three pickles, are just as good as four pickles. And it's gonna put more money in your pocket and your old man taught you the right way. Howard, I can't tell you how much I appreciate this. If these young graduates, these people getting started in the profession, they wanted to get more information on you. They wanted to learn more about you and how you've conducted your business and helped thousands of dentists throughout the country and the world. How how
2: did they reach you? Those- I would I would have them go to Barnes and Noble and buy my book uh, in print or audio called Uncomplicate Business. You only manage three things: people, time, and money. I mean, that book is my masterpiece. You know, I was fifty years old, had an MBA, had been practicing thirty years, and collecting a million dollars a month before I wrote that book. It's my magnum opus. Um, the secret to writing is rewriting. The first draft was six hundred pages. The second draft got down to four. The final draft two hundred pages. I mean, it'll it just That book could tell you everything you ever need to know, and and it costs like 10 bucks.
3: Well, Howard, I can't tell you how much we appreciated you doing this podcast. I know how busy you are. I I personally want to thank you, and I want to also say thank you for what you're doing for our profession. I hope that we can do a a follow-up podcast with the focus on those dentists who started off with a bang a flurry, but for a variety of reasons that I think we both know, uh, their practice is not going in the way they want it to, they're not accomplishing what they want, and uh, it's it's sad, and with the proper processes and procedures, uh, their lives could be turned around, not only clinically, but financially, and that's better for them and their family, and then that final podcast is, how do we prepare that dentist for the ultimate ex- strategy. For whatever reason, health, uh, nerves, desire, they know that they've got to take this asset and they've got to, most cases, sell that asset. And how do they get the most uh, valuable return on investment for that asset? And I think with your knowledge and expertise, if you're willing to spend the time with me, I'd love to follow up on those two additional podcasts.
2: Kevin, it would be an honor to come back two more times on your podcast. I'm a huge fan of your podcast. Uh, and again, thanks so much for putting up on, on Dentaltown because these, these dentists tell me they, they get in their car, they, they open up the app, uh, they scroll through the podcast, say, what are they in the mood to for? And I've gotten so many great feedback and, and comments on your podcast, on Dentaltown. Uh, I think what you're doing is just amazing. Thank you so much for transferring your amazing knowledge uh, from doing that for so many years and all the uh, I mean hell he had 14 dental offices and 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 I mean to think of some dentist who's done it for 30 years who built 14 offices telling these little kids that just walked out of dental kindergarten class everything you know is just a noble cause. I'm so proud of you. Thank you for all that you've done for dentistry and dental town.
3: Thanks so much and I look forward to our next podcast. This is Dr. Kevin Coughlin you've been listening to Ascent Radio